This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Every Saturday from 3 to 6, telling you what I think is the most important story uh, for real, not uh, the most tabloid-worthy, the most clickbait-worthy, the really most important story of the week, and I try to give it to you in a libertarian perspective. I, I know a lot of listeners are not libertarians, but it's a position of principle. It's a good place to start. I think it's consistent with our founding principles, and most importantly, I think it is the foundation of justice, which is the real goal. Real justice, not social justice, but true justice. Uh, and and what I think is the most important story in the world today and for our lifetimes is, are we, uh, it was presented in JFK's last speech. It was at American University. And he said that his vision was a peace for all time, not a Pax Americana but a peace for all people for all time. And I believe that he could envision that. Now, I he was, uh, people are like, oh, he'd be conservative if he were alive today. Whatever, I would not have voted for him back then. Uh, I mean, he's just not, he wasn't my kind of politician. His views are too socialist and everything else. So I'm not making him a hero. Uh, but he certainly was a martyr. I think we can all agree to that, most of us. And uh, and I think the reason he could envision that is that he saw that the the things that create war and conflict are really, it's really scarcity. I mean, he didn't say that, but this is what I've kind of drilled down into. Without scarcity, uh, in in when you have abundance, you are going to have less conflict, I think, because you don't have to fight at the margins for the marginal land for to have a uh, really fight to the death over a border dispute. Now the wars, in my opinion, the probably the number one, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just look at the European history and I just think wars were probably as much about who had the right to tax the borderlands, you know, as, as anything else that the, that the actual people who lived on the lands weren't so much interested in the war as the, overlords who wanted the right to tax those lands. So war, as far as that's concerned, you would always have with you. But as far as actual genuine uh, reasons for strife, you would not in a world that is not marked by scarcity. If you could just have free actors, you would actually have a more level playing field and greater prosperity, which I think was demonstrated in 19th century America, which is why some of the more unscrupulous industrialists wanted to usher in an age of regulation that kept uh, competitors down. So I feel like there's a much bigger picture here at work than um, than meets the eye that certainly has been presented to us. And is our future this world peace? And And I don't mean that in a world government sense. Like, I think... Actually, if everybody in the world were equally powerful rather than relinquish their power to an overarching power, we'd have more peace and prosperity. Uh, So 
is that our future? Is our future the same as it has been in the past, which is a struggle for domination that has abandoned these principles of individual liberty and justice, although they don't, our press doesn't uh, expose that. They act like we're in this ideological struggle, but I don't think we are. I think we're, I think that our government has really been subsumed, I guess maybe is the right word, or uh, it totally um, works for, among other things, this military industrial complex, energy being the most important. And and the five o'clock hour, I'm going to play some clips that I think really demonstrate why I think that and why it's true. But all that being said, uh, I do, so I'm not an apologist for Trump. I think he was out there uh, a couple of the things that he said in attacking Germany for dealing with Russia on gas and in basically uh, presenting in the press conference after his summit that uh, that he was part of his job is to negotiate gas deals. You know, this is just not his job. I'm not apologizing for him, but all that being said, I really believe that he put a good foot forward and could have gotten somewhere with Putin. And and maybe he did. And then as soon as he came out of the meeting, uh, any any possibility of that was deliberately and intentionally dashed uh, by the left just because they consider him a political rival and they're willing to... Uh, bring the country to the brink of internal destruction in order to win the battle for control here. But, but from the, from the right, for whatever reason, maybe they are, uh, in the service of these globalists who would use our military and our policy to promote their corporate cronies. I don't know, but I noticed with the Chris Wallace interview was the worst, uh, thing I've seen because the, the he is clearly not working for our good. He clearly had an agenda, and uh, and he messes with Putin quite a bit and demonstrates that his whole raison d'être there is uh, is propaganda. That even the questions he asked Putin were really propaganda directed at the huge audience he knew he was going to get. Now. Um, Binkley, you can react to that, and then I want you to read that interesting CNN text that you um, sent me a picture of. But okay. what, why do you? Uh, yeah, he agree? shoved that indictment in Putin's face, just like that article said Trump was going to do. And what's Putin going to do? Grab the paper and read it right there? He apparently doesn't speak English. He can't even read what Chris Wall. It, it was just a, a virtue signal. It was obnoxious. Yeah, that's a good point. But before the break, we were talking about. One of the moments, um, a moment that Binkley and I were talking about yesterday before the Wall Street Journal article today, the moment was uh, Chris Wallace was shoving the indictment in Putin's face. And Putin (laughs) was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take that from you. It was just, to me, it looked like a struggle for domination, that Chris was trying to make Putin do something like it's. You know, there's like a, a actually not even deep, but rather a shallow psychological tactic. Yep. Putin and wouldn't what take were you it. Saying it was virtue signaling. I don't even think it rose to that level. It was Chris Wallace in an attempt to say, well, if Trump isn't going to stand up to him, I'm going to shove this in his face. Yes, that is consistent with what you were saying yesterday. 
And today in the newspaper this morning, thank goodness I was uh, um, dragging my feet and I read the newspaper this morning, which I don't always do on a Saturday. It says the plan was for Mr. Trump to invoke the indictment both in private meetings and in the public news conference. The idea, an official said, was to, quote, shove it in Putin's face, <laughs> depicting it as hard evidence of Russian crimes. So so Wallace did shove it in his face, literally. literally. But he also tried to use it as evidence of the crimes. And the Fox headline said Putin denies in in the face, despite evidence. But it's not an indictment. There is a joke. You can indict a ham sandwich. An yeah. indictment is not evidence yeah. that is why putin was laughing in wallace's face yeah you can accuse anybody of anything an accusation is not a conviction of guilt of course and and then he puts all these details like or he wanted putin to agree with the indictment so he said is this one two six five four not a division of the gru and you know as soon as putin nods his head and says yes it is he's he's accepted this topic the way they're framing it it was so it was such a petty approach but it gets worse and um i think you just tweeted so maybe i'll retweet it but if people want to go to at freedom act radio they can find this interview so uh but what was that headline you sent me the cnn like text on the screen the on-screen text that cnn uses for propaganda said president trump goes easy on russia and putin leading some to fear he's been compromised by Russia. Okay, so everything, all those talking points, every, I believe, and I might be, it might be accurate to say, I didn't actually go through and check every one, but they all sounded familiar to me, that every single question an American journalist asked at the press conference when Trump and Putin opened it up after their summit, Chris Wallace asked personally, which yeah. to me, what a waste of time. Like I, I interviewed Ron Paul, highlight of my radio career. I actually made sure that I didn't already know the answers to any of this stuff. I asked him real questions and I got him talking about the deep state in those words a couple of years ago before that was like uh, became a meme because oh, I was yeah. asking him real questions. Yeah, you remember that. I was at, I wanted to know the answers from him, not stuff that I already knew the answers. So before um, we get too far afield, let's play clip 12 of, uh, of Wallace basically echoing the CNN talking point. There are many theories in the United States about why President Trump is so reluctant to criticize you, and I'd like to ask you about a couple of them. One is that you have something on it, compromise. The other is that as a skilled politician and a former KGB officer, you know how to play him. You use phrases like <clears throat> fake news and deep state. And my question is, do you find President Trump easy to deal with? Well, the first point I'm about to make is why did we take talk about like the polite people? Why should I, this come as a surprise? Was it worth going all the way to Helsinki, going through the Atlantic to just insult one another? And well, it's it's not exactly the diplomatic standard in the world. So Chris Wallace <laughs> said all that stuff. 
Uh, you say fake news. You say deep state. You have compromise. Like, these are all just like buzzwords in the news today. And then he says, so do you think Trump is easy to deal with? He clearly was just laying out all these propaganda memes for right. our consumption. The question, it wasn't about the question. It was about stating all of that, th- all of those things. And, and he makes Putin out to be like some evil genius in the way he asked the question. And then he still acts like he's going to best him. Yeah. Which he most deaf is not going to best him. You know, he's got uh, but it's just it was so ridiculous and it just literally boggles the mind. I can't believe I can continue. I immerse myself in this stuff all week, every week. And my mind can still be boggled by the fact that this guy, that journalism is not what these people are doing. Yeah. And he is like Chris Wallace is like Fox News's go to guy for these big interviews. Oh, he's the Walter Cronkite. He's a joke, too. Yes. I know. Anyway, let's talk about it after the break. And I do want to get to Peggy's call. So hang on, Peggy. You can call me too, 800-WSB-TALK, or you can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Very refreshing to hear, even when you don't know about something that we can go down, if you want to say a rabbit hole, but just look at things differently. On News 95.5 and AM 750, WSB. I am going to be on at midnight on Thursday with Dave Baker. Doing the overnight shift for the great Affleck Cancer Center WSB Carathon. If you want to know more about that or donate early, go to WSBRadio.com. Right now we're talking about the Trump-Putin Summit, and I want to hear what you have to say. 800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Peggy. Peggy, you are on with Monica. You know, the old adage, keep your friends close and your enemies closer, is exactly what he was doing for negotiating purposes. What would Trump have accomplished if he would have embarrassed Putin on the world stage in public? Trump's a lot smarter than people think and probably knows how to negotiate much better than most of the most of the politicians. And their 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 hysterical insanity comparing him not taking him to task on the quote unquote, um, you know, Russian interference in the elections, you know, comparing it to 9-11, Kristallnacht, um, the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, they're insane. He's, he's probably doing exactly what needed to be done. If, if you have an adversary, you, you don't piss him off by embarrassing him in public. You outmaneuver him, which... First, you see you what know, cards you, he holds. You try to read the, it, his face. I agree with you. I was. I thought that Trump really surprised me at how um, dignified and productive I felt he he handled it. So you know, I just you know the 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 off the the, the over the top reaction from the left, <laughs> which it doesn't it doesn't matter what he does, but but they don't understand. There's a method to his madness, and he's a hell of a lot smarter than people give him credit for. I agree. I agree with that. And uh, and Putin himself said it is really, I don't think he used the word dangerous, but I think it's dangerous to hold uh, international relations hostage to really dirty political methods at home. They He was doing the right thing. It was a good step in the right direction. And uh, it wouldn't have been better if he treated Putin the way Chris Wallace did. So I want to hear Ray, Ed, and then Dave, you're next after the break. Let's talk about that. 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. 
on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. This tweet was bad for you, Mr. President. Here it is. The summit with Russia was a great success. Nobody thinks that. Except with the real enemy of the people, the fake news media. This is ugly and it is unoriginal. But most importantly, it is an admission that you hate your country. It's Chris Cuomo (laughs) saying that Luke's Luke (laughs) Trump's tweet was an admission that he hates his country because the free press is bad and the summit was a success. I mean, that Cuomo was absolutely crazy. What was were there other some of them was absolutely kooky. Was it that clip 19? The Chris Cuomo, uh, yeah. the one, that's the, the one where he welcomes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I got all it. All right, here you go. Welcome to Washington, Comrade Vlad. <laughs> <laughs> Since when does the left hate comrades? Since Trump became president, I guess. I know. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. We just wanted to share some Chris Cuomo uh, independent journalism, which is hilarious. So the whole Chris Cuomo stuff that you showed me was him saying how the free press is the backbone of this country and uh, Trump is attacking it, whatever. Chris Cuomo, the first time I saw Chris Cuomo as a news reporter, I was flabbergasted because I grew up in New York where his father and then his brother were governors. Like, this person is a government operative. He, he is how can anyone take seriously that he is an objective journalist this is kooky he is my example of the of the it's like berlusconi in italy he's like as if rupert murdoch was president you know what i mean berlusconi owns the big newspaper big media outlet in italy and then he becomes prime minister he's totally corrupt obviously or president whatever they have over there and it's always blows my mind. How can someone in media take such a big role in government? I mean, it's just whatever. So he's Chris a numbskull too. Is it? Oh, dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I don't like to call names, but he just really like. Oh. Um, what I want to do next? Oh, that tweet! You got to read that tweet. People yeah, have to hear it. You have uh, a bit of a misunderstanding, I believe. <laughs> Ginger Hair tweeted, Did I hear you say in your show today that you only watch Fox News? I think I did say that. Did I say you that? You did say me? that. I, I was a bit taken aback myself. <laughs> Sorry. Normally, I explain what I mean by that in the context of what you bring to the show, Binkley. I can barely, I, I only, I only listen to Fox because I want to hear what everybody else is hearing, so I'm ready. I take calls. I have to understand what the propaganda sounds like on the right because that's what I think this audience is listening to, certainly more than CNN. Uh, and I want to address it just broadly. I cannot stomach CNN and, and New York Times, which is one of the great things that you bring to the show, is this occasional Chris Cuomo stuff or whatever i could never listen to it as much as you do and actually find those gems because if i'm going to be lied to at least i want lies that agree with some basic tenets of my morality like smaller government is better that fox is lying that's not what they want but at least that's what they're saying where cnn is like oh socialism's great so all i meant was i 
to the extent I listen to any cable news or whatever, it's Fox, not CNN. But I get almost all of, I get everything that I consider real information by doing some real research, just like the U.S. intelligence agencies supposedly... 80% of their stuff is open source, and they evaluate it by evaluating the credibility of the source and the plausibility of the story. And that's how I try to do it. And I don't even bother looking at Fox as a source of information to be evaluated. It's simply straight up pure propaganda, in my opinion. And I think this Chris Wallace interview makes that pretty clear. Uh, and I want to take some calls. I'm going to go to 800-WSB-TALK if you want to call. Uh, and I want to go to Ray in Atlanta. Hello, Ray. You are on with Monica. Can you hear me? Hi, Monica. Can you hear me? Yes. Tell me. Tell Listen. me what you got. Okay, Monica. Thank you for taking my call, number one. Listen, I didn't think they could be any worse interview than Megyn Kelly with Putin. Yes. You know, to Chris Wallace done it with him. <laughs> and he absolutely has every out there ass. Yep. And you know what our president done to him? I loved it when our president waited, took his time, and he said both countries was wrong. He was baiting the media for them to say, how did you figure America wrong? He's going to say, because Obama and them done nothing about him hacking. Not my administration, Obama, but they didn't step in that door. And listen, they've been wanting to knock the White House doors down to know what they said when they were together. Can you and do Putin you was absolutely priceless not taking that paper. Right. Do you think yes, that was priceless. You if people want to go to um I just retweeted at Monica Perez show the full Chris Wallace interview. You gotta see the visual. But do you believe, Ray, that Dan Coates, the head of intelligence or somebody in our uh in the administration doesn't have a recording of that meeting? Come on. <laughs> uh, one, one other thing, if you allow me. Yeah. Listen, you took it away from me. I was going to say when Putin comes here, I was hoping that it would be Chris that was going to be the next journalist to interview him. Uh, and and y'all hit Cuomo. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Chris. I, I've seen I Chris. Say, I, was, I was hoping he was going to be the next one. Then y'all came out with that clip while Sorry, we were all yeah. <laughs> the, the two Chris's, the, they're the dumbest. Thank you so much for the call, Ray. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. I, I, don't, I don't mean to call names. I hate that. I really hate that. But I've actually seen interviews with Chris Cuomo where it's clear they've overdubbed his voice. And I, and I think this is kind of normal. I think that there are, um, I think it's pretty pretty commonplace especially with athletes or whatever they'll interview somebody and then they'll have like a famous host um cut into it even though that was not the person who did the interview <laughs> but i've heard that like where chris cuomo is like saying stuff over an interview and i could not help but feel like he just wasn't up to the task of actually like even what chris wallace did which was kind of weak chris wallace was a little nervous i thought in the first like minute or whatever i don't think cuomo would have been able to I, I get through it, you know. I think it would have fallen apart, but that's that's petty. I shouldn't say. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to. My mom's listening. She's just like, "What do you? You can't say nasty things. You don't know." Uh, they're you both clowns, though. So I know. I, I give you, a but pass. she's right. I don't know if Chris Cuomo would be able to handle it or not. But I agree with Ray. It would be pretty fun to see it. Oh because yeah. Because Putin is a masterful KGB agent. I'm not gonna, Chris. I did I say this earlier that Putin. Chris Wallace said said to him, why did you show this video 
of your new missiles hitting Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Yeah. And Putin laughs at his face and says, it doesn't say Florida. It's like, well, it doesn't say Florida, Chris Wallace says, but you can see the picture. And Putin's like, no, it's not Florida. Why don't I make you a little present of the video so you can see for yourself that it's not Florida? He's going to send him a video, and instead of it being Florida, the missile's going to be going towards Chris Wallace's neighborhood. Yeah, that would be so great. Like that, I'm... You know, it's threats, but I, it would just be so funny. And I'll say, I looked up the video. Now, when you look it up, I looked it up in many, many different sources, and it all looks like the same video. But it shows a picture of Putin standing there giving a presentation, and behind him is a screen. Then it cuts to the video. So there is a chance in our now highly controlled internet that the video that it's cut to is not really the video he presented. However, in everything I saw... That was Florida. Yeah. Like, you get a picture of Florida and, like, the rivulets and the tributaries and the la- It was Florida and had, like, eight missiles over it. And this is what's so funny about Putin is that he completely slaps Wallace down. And he was right. <laughs> but but Wallace had been wrong so many times already that he had no, you know, credibility left. He had no foot to stand on. I really feel like Putin was toying with him at that point. I think so. Putin really had nothing to lose with these interviews. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff, yeah, like that was a blatant lie. And I'm like, why, why lie about it? You know, why are you even, what, it, what is the point here? You could have gotten away with that. That's something so verifiable that even I, you know, found it in five seconds. And I'm terrible at these searches now that the internet shut down. <laughs> anyway, um, Okay, let me take one more call. I'm going to go to Ed. Oh, and I also have Ron. Hang on, Ron. Ed, you are on with Monica. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I can't believe what I'm hearing here. I mean, for you guys to try to discredit Chris Wallace and legitimize a brutal killer like Vladimir Putin, who has a record of killing reporters, invading countries, and massacring Tens of thousands of people is completely ridiculous. One thing I learned about Vladimir Putin, he knows his enemy. He's been taught from an early age that America is the enemy and America must be destroyed. The problem with the Republican Party, conservatives these days, they don't know who the enemies are. You guys are literally sleeping with the enemy. Hold on. A. Maria I want to talk about a real issue here. Now, this was discussed between Chris Wallace and Putin about Syria. Do you think that... Russia or the United States killed more civilians in Syria? That's a question. Do I think Russia or the United States killed more civilians? That, that's irrelevant. Why is that irrelevant? irrelevant? You just said he's the one who because invades countries. We started that. We our we have a lot of blood on our hands. We in Syria. started it. Okay, we started it with good intentions. What, okay? what intentions? We started it with good, what good intentions? intentions. What good intentions? Oh, oh, you remember? You remember nine eleven? Syria didn't do 9-11. Saudi Arabia did. And Saudi Arabia is our ally in Oh, but guess who legitimized Saudi Arabia? Your buddy Trump. Guess who legitimized... Guess who who went to Saudi Arabia and had his own sit-down with the king and legitimized the government of Saudi Arabia? It was Donald Trump. I absolutely disagree with Trump's... That was his first foreign visitation. Look, I, I will say something, Ed. You don't realize because this show is probably the only show of mine you've ever listened to. But I am not a Republican. I'm not a conservative. I'm a libertarian. I do not agree with American foreign policy in the Middle East, and Trump is just continuing it like Obama did and Bush. They're all doing the same thing. It's totally wrong. We have no business there. I believe they're doing it for the energy companies. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's all bad. But to say... Um 
that Putin is of a different nature and his activities are different from just simply self-interest and serving cronies, which is what our foreign policy is all about. I don't think that's realistic. I think I don't think he's any more of an animal than anybody else who uses military for economic means. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I totally disagree. Vladimir Putin said it himself that the destruction of the Soviet Union was the biggest geopolitical failure of Russia. All right. He's been known to make comments like this. And it he has formed be. an alliance. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Can I say one more thing? Sure. He has formed a military alliance with President Xi of China for one reason and one reason only to combat the United States. I mean, people need to wake up to what's going on in that part of the world. He's not our friend. He's our enemy. What do you do okay? you think that their goal is worldwide domination? Their goal is to take the world's sole superpower out of the picture, okay? How? That's what the Chinese and the Russians are doing right now. They have formed a military alliance. So do you, do you think they're going to here? start a war with us? I'm not saying they're going to start a war, but they are developing weapons that, that are a big threat to the United States. As soon as Vladimir Putin left Helsinki and promised to cut back on his, his nuclear weapon, guess what I read the following week? That, hey, they're developing a hypersonic missile that can carry nuclear warheads that can be um, that can reach New York and every other um, city in the United States. They already have that stuff. They, this well, is they're, a they're developing hypersonic that cannot be countered by our anti-missile weapons. And I will tell you, he actually addresses that in the Chris Wallace interview. He says, we unilaterally withdrew from the ABM treaty in 2002. And, they, and he said to us, at that time, they said... This is his argument. So I'm just saying this is what he's saying. They said, don't do it because then we will have to develop missiles that can penetrate that. We can't match you defensively. We can only try to neutralize that defense. And he asked not to. There are two sides to the story. Watch the interview. See, that's the thing. He actually says stuff and might it might get through if we listen to it. Binkley, we have like no seconds. Go ahead. Well, you're not taking anybody's side. You're looking at it um, objection, uh, you know, from an objective point of view. Yeah, and, and in this case, I, I'm gonna, I'm always, always criticizing Trump to the point where I get criticized for it. And this time, I, I felt it was only fair for me to say I didn't think Trump did anything wrong. And and maybe Putin is an evil monster, but let's let's hear what he has to say instead of just shouting him down like this. Oh my goodness, am I over? Uh, talk to you soon. <laughs> Stay tuned to After the Break. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You peel off the layers of the onion on things that we never, ever hear. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We just had a very interesting back and forth with the caller, Ed, who I hope keeps listening to the be- through the beginning of the hour because I really want to peel the onion to something I think we can both agree on. What this... Uh, Trump Putin deal is really all about. So stay tuned for that. I am going to give Ron kind of the last word in this hour. Ron, I gave myself so little time giving Ed all the time I could that uh, you've only got one minute, but I'm going to give you the minute. Go. Well, our press has to be the laughing stock of the world. Uh, they're not even worthy of being called reporters. I don't even know why. Trump and Putin even subject himself to those people. Only news to come out of the whole thing was that the U.S. intelligence agencies funneled $400 million to Clinton. Anybody investigating that? You're talking about um, 
I think you're talking about this thing that I was trying to figure out, too, and nobody picked up on it. Putin actually said in the press conference, Bill Browder uh, made money in Russia without paying taxes. This is the, where the Magnitsky, his lawyer, died in custody there, so it doesn't sound kosher. But then he gave $400 million to Hillary and that he was helped by U.S. intelligence operatives. That is And you know what? I yeah. believe him. And I can't find any even speculation on it in just like my normal regular guy searches. Maybe Binkley with his super search powers can figure it out. But who are those guys? It's maybe the Stanford professor McFall that they're trying. He's like, don't hand me over to the Russians. He didn't say hand him over to the Russians. He said, conduct an investigation and let us sit in on it. And we'll do the same for you with these 12 guys. Just write it down on a piece of paper. Follow the process. There you go. Thank you, Ron. Excellent point. Maybe we'll put that on Binkley. Poor guy. He's got plenty to do. But at the top of the hour, we're going to get into another layer of this onion. What was the Trump-Putin summit really about? Uh, 800-WSB-TALK. You can tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.